Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And well, let's welcome Pastor Cameron. All right. <clears throat> hey, guys. Good, good to see you. God bless you all. I just want to encourage you. Um, the Faith Raiser testimonies, we have over 50 stories that were written out, plus a bunch more that were videotaped, and we are compiling those. We're going to be producing a booklet um, in a few weeks, uh, a compilation of the different stories, plus we're working on putting together a video to celebrate uh, all of the stories, and there's, there's just tons. We only shared a few at the camp two weeks ago and additionally money is continuing to come in for that so we don't know the totals yet as that comes in we'll we'll get that information and 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 then we'll communicate it and celebrate it we're aiming it looks like it's going to take till the end of the month possibly early october before we have the video done and, and the booklet done everyone says well let's just do a video and you don't realize it takes a minimum of an hour to two uh to for every minute of video that's conservative uh, to produce a video, it actually takes a lot of time, but uh, it's, 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 it was a fantastic response, fantastic stories, and the money continues to come in. If you haven't, and, um, and some folks are like, gosh, I, I never got around to it. It's not too late, uh, but do please get uh, uh, any finances that you want to turn in, turned in within a week or two, and, and write down your story. Uh, you can just write it on a piece of paper and put it in the Dropbox, or there's a, a link online that you can fill out, and that's real convenient because then we don't have to type it back in again. All right? Sound good? <clears throat> Thank you so much for your faithfulness, and we'll be celebrating that in a few weeks. Today we're going to uh, continue the uh, year-long series of spiritual growth that we've broken into three sections. The, uh, what was the first journey long time ago? The inward, very good. And then the upward, which was getting to know God, and now we're going to be starting the, oh, we got to change that. <clears throat> we got to change it to the outward. <clears throat> That's my mistake. Can you believe it? I made a mistake. <gasps> the outward journey is what we're starting on uh, today. And the outward journey, and we'll be, today is just an inter introduction uh, of what the outward journey is, and we're going to uh, take the next couple of months to, to delve into it. Uh, it's, it's just as important to our spiritual growth as the inward and the upward journey. Uh, sanctification or the inward journey, the, the work of getting our hearts healed up, getting God in us, uh, getting our stuff sorted out, um, and then the, the upward journey of getting to know God, which we've spent the last few months talking about, are really meant, those two journeys are meant to equip us and empower us for this journey, which is taking what God has done in and through us and, and taking it to the world, all right? And it's, it's, a lot of people think like sanctification and spiritual growth is just about me. But in one sense, you're right, it's about you getting prepared and ready to do a mission, all right? To, to change our world. And that's just as much part of spiritual growth uh, and, and spiritual health as learning how to pray or learning how to worship or getting to know God or, or confessing and repenting of sin. And our theme verse for this section is from John chapter 20, 21. 
Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. So this is the theme. Uh, as the Father sent Jesus, so he's sending us. The outward journey is about being sent by Jesus in the same way that he was sent by the Father. And by the end of this message, I hope you just have that really cemented in your mind that it's about being sent uh, by Jesus in the same way that Jesus was sent by the Father. And in order to understand that, we're just going to take the verse where, where that statement is found and kind of talk through it. Or in, in preacher, preacher speak, we're going to exegete <coughs> this passage. Are, are you ready to exegete? Are you excited about exegesis? All right. <clears throat> I'll see if I can get my homiletics on. <laughs> get my homiletic in tune to my hermeneutic so I can exegete. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, that's seminary talk. <laughs> so the Bible says in John chapter 20, this is Jesus. Uh, then the same day at evening... Being the first day of the week. What's the first day of the week? Sunday. When the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be to you. Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So this is, uh, just to give you the timeline, this is Resurrection Sunday. This is Easter. This is the very day that Jesus rose from the dead in the evening, on Sunday evening. So uh, 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 they were gathered together. They were hiding um, and he shows up in their midst and said, Peace be to you, receive the Holy Spirit. Um, in this verse, I think we see sort of a template for Christianity or for what the church is supposed to do. In one sense, you could say this was the first Christian church service. It was on a Sunday. Jesus showed up and he preached a little sermon, <laughs> you know, right? And so every element in here, even though it's a little, a little verse, often skipped over in, in the story of the resurrection. It's, it's only found in, in John. It's, it's depicted a little differently in, in the, um, the other Gospels, <clears throat> but it's very true. This happened. And so we see here the elements of what it means to be Christian. I think this is one of the um, reasons why Christians celebrate on Sunday and not on the Sabbath, which is uh, the traditional Sabbath, which is the sixth day, uh, which is Saturday, uh, as the Jews did, and we celebrate on Sunday. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. And, and here he gathered together, and there was an impartation of truth and the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at each one of the elements. And the first element that we see here in this interaction with Jesus on Sunday morning, the first Sunday after the resurrection, was peace. Jesus said, peace be with you. And they had fear. They were filled with fear. They didn't know what was going to happen. Their world had been turned upside down. Uh, their, their leader had been crucified. And the religious leaders and the political leaders of their day were set against them. And so they were hiding. 
And Jesus takes their fear and replaces it with His peace. In another place uh, leading up to this, when Jesus was talking about what He was going to be doing, uh, He said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so the idea, when Jesus said, Peace be with you, here He says it, My peace I give you. How many want Jesus' peace? How many deal with fear? Don't know what's going to happen. Don't understand how your life's, you know, where did we, how did I get here? And where, what am I going to do now? And where am I going to end up? All right. And so that creates a lot of fear and instability in your life. And that's okay. That's part of being human. Jesus comes to give you his peace because he knows the answers to all those questions. And he has the power to overcome them. And so <clears throat> Jesus takes the fear from his followers and replaces that with his peace. How many want to give Jesus your fear and receive? Let's just do that right now. So just, just think of something you're afraid of. All right? And just like put it in your hand, whether it be finances or health or, you know, the, uh, my mom is in a shelter. I don't even know where my mom is. She lives in Florida. I just heard that somebody was going to pick her up with uh, other elderly people that live in her uh, retirement community and take them to a safe place, you know? So, and, and like, it's gonna go, the, the eye of the hurricane is projected to go right over my mom's house. <laughs> it's a mobile home too, I don't know if there'll be anything left. <laughs> so, but we've been trying to get her to go into a nursing home and she's refused. So this might be God's will. <laughs> I got, Mom, there's no house to go back to. <laughs> so. I'm not hoping for that. Uh, uh, <laughs> if it happens, it happens. So uh, we just, just to hand that fear, that thing you fear, over to the Lord and say, Lord, I give you, say this out loud, Lord, I give you this fear. I trust you with it. You have the wisdom to deal with it. And I receive your peace into my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. You can do that. Whenever fear rises up, just do something like that. Say it out loud. Prayers have more power when you say them out loud. Our inward peace prepares us, equips us, empowers us to take that peace and go outward with it. All right? The inward journey prepares us for the outward journey. Getting peace in us is absolutely essential in order for us then to become peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, we are to be agents of peace in our communities, in our world. And this is the outward journey. It's being an influence in uh, your sphere of influence. Uh, and maybe your sphere may be just your kids. You know, if you're a, a stay-at-home mom, that's, you know, 90%. I was in the grocery store yesterday, and it was a mom, and she had a kid strapped to her belly, you know, on the outside. <laughs> I don't know if she had one on the inside. There was, you know, those belly carrier things. <clears throat> and she had four other kids all piled onto this shopping cart. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Jesus. Those days are over. <laughs> she was barking orders. One kid was screaming. One kid was grabbing stuff off the shelf. And Bless it, Mom. She's, her time is completely consumed with those kids, and that's appropriate. That's great, and that's a season of life. And so, and, and boy, so into your kids when you have that chance, because before you know it, they're off in another country, 
like mine is, <laughs> or another town or doing your life. So those years are really important, and don't minimize that. That's your mission field for a season, and do the best you can and trust God with it. Or maybe your sphere of influence is where you work or where you go to school. <clears throat> we all have varying spheres of influence. We are called to take that peace that we receive from God and then impart it to those in our uh, in our in, uh, sphere of influence, whether they be family, friends, co-workers, and then ultimately into our communities, into our generation, into this world. The church is meant to be the force of peace and reconciliation and change and transformation in the world. You know, governments are not going to accomplish it. Amen. All right, They've been trying plenty long enough. Our military is more powerful than any military ever in human history. With a simple decision, we could eradicate humanity with all of our weapons. But weapons don't bring about peace, do they? We've the longest war in America's history is Afghanistan. It's really no better off than when we started. Because you, know, you can't force peace. Well, where, what's going to bring about change? I believe it's the peace of God. It's the gospel of Jesus. Peace is not merely the absence of some negative force, war, tension, confusion. That's what we think. Peace is no, no conflict. That's not it. That's not enough. But rather, it requires the presence of some positive force, justice, goodwill, the power of the kingdom of God. And I think that's really what we need is the power of the kingdom of God to bring about transformation in our communities. And we're looking for that, and we are to be agents of that transformation. Point, so the point number one was peace. Point, there's only four points to this message. All right? So point number one is what? Peace. Peace. Peace, <coughs> peace joy, togetherness. All right. <clears throat> when he had said this, he showed them his hands. And his side. What was, why did he show him his hands inside? What was in his hand? Yeah, the hole from the, from the cross, right? And his side was pierced. And so we don't know, maybe there were still holes like some people believe, or maybe they were like, hey, look, <laughs> I'm healed. <laughs> you know, are there still holes? I don't know. Uh, but they, he showed him his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw it. Was, they knew that something in that act, that like, this is Jesus. And Jesus is calling attention to here, pointing out that, uh, uh, that our peace, the source of our peace, was what he accomplished on the cross. And that's the source of peace for the world, is Jesus' suffering and death on the cross, and then his resurrection. It's not good enough that Jesus just died. He died for our sins, but then he conquered sin and death, and he rose from the dead to prove it. And so here he was, in person, demonstrating, listen guys, I won. It looked like I lost, but I won. And the response was that they were joyful. In another place, Paul explains this idea that uh, we were saved by the uh, sacrifice of Christ on the cross. In the book of Colossians chapter 1, it says, For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, in Him being Jesus. And so the fullness, actually in some places it says, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Him. <clears throat> so the fullness of God dwelt in Jesus Christ, and by Him 
to reconcile or to bring peace, bring everything back together, all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And so it's, it's really super important, saints, that we understand the source of our peace. The source of our peace is not understanding what's going on. All right? Because his peace, what? Passes understanding. We can't understand what's going on. We don't know why this is happening. That's the common thing that happens. Someone has a sickness, injury, someone gets cancer. Um, Well, why did that happen? Listen, I can't can't explain to you why my son-in-law has cancer. The most upright, on-fire young men I've ever met. Peter. Some of you don't. Most of you do. And the big first response with a lot of his students, young students, were, why did this happen? Why did God let it? Uh, and I'm like, I don't know. It's part of the battle, saints. We're in a warfare. The last enemy is death. Right? It says that in the New Testament. Jesus conquered sin. He conquered death, but the, the fullness of it is yet to be conquered and won't be conquered until the resurrection. I don't understand it, but I know that God's in control and God's going to work this together for good. All right? Peace comes from knowing that what Jesus did on the cross is, is, is obtained for me something I could never obtain for myself. Obtained for the world something that we could never obtain for ourselves. And that's forgiveness of sin and reconciliation with God. But listen, it says reconciliation of all things. Everything that's divided, divisive, broken, somehow, through Christ, through the power of the cross, God's bringing it all together. And we can have confidence. We don't need to understand it, but we do need to believe it. And I believe it. And based on that belief, it gives me peace. It says, uh, and then it says that we are to take this peace and give it to the world. As the Father sent me, so I send you. The peace we have is priceless. It was was Jesus' blood. The fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Christ, and he, w- he came willingly to die and pay that price for you. Pay that price for the pe- for Queenie, uh, the woman that the st- we reached out to on the streets. Remember the testimony? Uh, the, the woman that uh, uh, a few weeks ago the street ministries reached out to. Every man, woman, and child, Jesus paid the price. It's priceless. Uh, we're called to give that priceless gift away. That's the outward journey, okay? And the disciples' response to seeing Jesus, seeing that he was resurrected, was joy. They were glad. And that was the the announcement of the angels at Jesus' birth. Joy to the world. Uh, uh, And peace, uh, how does that go? Joy to the world? Peace and goodwill toward men, to all mankind. The chorus of the angels. Point number one was what? Point number two was what? I didn't emphasize that well enough, did I? Point number two was uh, he showed them his hands and his feet, the power of the cross. I, need to, I should have broken that down. The power of the cross brings that peace. So point number one is peace. Point number two is the power of the cross. Point number three is, and this is the main one, this is what we want to emphasize, is that as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Think about this. 
Put yourself in that room. Close your eyes if it helps. Everything that's happened over the last few weeks, Jesus' triumphant entry, and then the whole city, the whole city was you know, in celebration. I mean, there was a parade for him. And then suddenly, within a, a couple of days, it all changed. And then he's being arrested, and um, all of his disciples scatter, and Jesus is crucified. They whip him, they, they drag him down the street, uh, bleeding, and then nail him to the cross, and then he dies, and they bury him. And then, and then he finally uh, resurrects three days later on Sunday morning, and, and they've just seen all this, all right? The impact of it was all fresh in their mind, and Jesus said, listen, as the Father sent me, I'm going to send you. Can you imagine what they're thinking? Like, whoa, 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 what do you mean by that? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> one commentator writes concerning this verse like this. It says, he's just rephrasing it, kind of expanding it. As God sent me to preach, to be persecuted, and to suffer, to make known his will, and to offer pardon to men, so I send you. This is the design and the extent of the commission of the ministers of the Lord Jesus. He is their model, I like this sentence, and they will be successful only as they study his character and imitate his examples. Everybody say imitate. imitate. All right. This commission he proceeds to confer, confirm by endowing them with, all, with the gift, with, endowing them all, with the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the point number three is that we are sent forth from the Father in the same way that Jesus was... Uh, uh, Je we are sent forth from Jesus in the same way that Jesus was sent forth from the Father and that He is our model and we are to imitate Him. Another commentator says this about this uh, same verse. says, As I was sent to proclaim the truth of the Most High and to convert sinners to God, I send you. For the very same purpose, clothed with the very same authority, and influenced by the very same Spirit. Wow! We have the same purpose, same authority, and same Spirit that Jesus had to do what? Bring peace, to preach the gospel, to preach truth, and to convert sinners. All right? that's, what we're gonna, that's what we're called to do. But that also includes, and I'm sure the disciples were saying, wait a minute, we saw the miracles, that, were, that was great. We saw deaf people hear, we saw blind people see, we saw lame people get up and walk. That's what we're sent to do. But it may also include times of persecution, times of betrayal, even times of death, so that we can experience times of resurrection. All right? In the same way, wow. We're to follow Jesus. Isn't that what he always said? He'd find a disciple and he, what, what would he say to them? He'd just say, follow me. <clears throat> this applies to every Christian. If you're a Christian, if you're here, here in this gospel, if you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, you can get one for free. There's, they're in the lobby, they're on the internet, you can download them on your phone. All right? This applies to you. If you hear these words, this is is for you not just for the 12 jesus was sent that's a greek word <clears throat> epistello and it means set apart to send out 
It's like, I'm going to select this one for a purpose. So set apart, that's actually sanctification, holiness, is that this one is unique, but it's unto a purpose to be sent out. In this, uh, and that's the same uh, word from which we get the, the term apostle. So in the same way that Jesus was set apart to be sent out, we are set apart so we can be sent out. But a lot of Christians think set apart means that we're to hide. The disciples were hiding. Jesus burst into their hiding, hiding space part and said, listen guys, you're not supposed to be hiding. I'm sending you out. But the enemy was out there. He's like, yeah, I know. You're going to change it. And they did change it. They changed the world. A dozen scared young men changed the world. Why? Because they heard it, they believed it, and they acted on this. All right? The word for I sent you, uh, 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 or I send you, as the Father sent me, that's the apostello, I send you, that word means to dispatch or to thrust forth. Okay? It's like Jesus if he didn't literally do this, could you imagine him? This is what he meant. If he grabbed each one of them, kicked open the door, and says, go for it! <laughs> That's exactly what happened to them at Pentecost uh, when they were thrust forth. Um, and that's the next, uh, or here's a, another verse that ties into it. So we understand uh, that how Jesus was sent forth. It says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent, it's the same word, epistello, his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Listen, God didn't just send a book. We have a book <clears throat> called the Bible. But the Bible testifies of Jesus. He didn't just send an idea, the, uh, 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 ideology, and you know, uh, 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 a philosophy. He sent a person, his son, the most precious thing he had. It's really important we understand this because by default, humans kind of think religion as a set of rules or a way to live or an ideology or philosophy. But that isn't powerful enough to change a person and certainly isn't powerful enough to change a community or a world. It takes more than an idea or a list of ideas. It takes a person. And so God sent the person of Jesus. And Jesus came. When I read that, uh, and, and thinking of the sermon, uh, you know, as the Father sent Jesus, I thought, wow, how did, how did the Father send Jesus? Well, he sent him from conception through his whole life to death and in his resurrection. It wasn't just a little part of Jesus. It was Jesus' whole life, every part of it. In the same way, our whole life must be seen in the terms of being sent. Every aspect. You know, Jesus didn't do his regular life and then, you know, one day a week go out and preach. You know, he, just, he didn't do his regular stuff and carpentry and stuff. And, and, oh, this month the synagogue is doing street ministry. I guess I'll go show up. <laughs> right? His whole life was about being, and when he was a, when he was a kid, remember the story? They, they went the, to the feast, 
And then he stuck around because he, he was in the, in the temple talking with the, the rabbis and the theologians. And his parents uh, you know, went home and they didn't realize he was gone and they didn't find him to the third day. But he, was a, he said, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Even from a childhood, he knew his purpose. So we need, in order to be sent as Jesus was sent, we need to realize it includes our whole life. Every aspect of our life. We can't compartmentalize and say, this part of my life is about God and serving Jesus and being sacred, and the rest of it, this is sacred. This is my time. You know, or when I'm at work, boy, I'm at work. I'm here to make money. I'm like, great, make money, but make money in a kingdom way. Right? When you're with your family, great, be a good kingdom father or mother or son or daughter. How can we incorporate every aspect of our lives to be part of this outward journey? And understand it's not just when we go, you know, and that's important. One thing is, like doing this street ministry outreach. We do this to give you an opportunity to kind of say, okay, this is what I'm doing right now to learn how to do it better. Amen. So that you can do it Amen. when you're in the grocery store just buying groceries for your family, or you can do it when you're in the workplace. You know, and this has happened to me when you know, I call in a service guy to work on my furnace or something like that, and you end up preaching the gospel to them. Amen. You know, you have to be ready. How do you get trained? Well, come to the, the, the street ministry outreach and they'll train you and then you get some practice so that you can be ready or, or, or learn how to uh, come to the hearing God's voice classes that we offer or the healing and restoration so you get healed up so you're ready to share that healing with other people that you encounter. Every aspect of our transformation is intended to equip us to be transformers of other people. You know, and church, as we get this working, when we learn how to really do this, when you realize you're the ministers, I'm here, and Mark and the other people that work here, our job is to equip you to do the work of ministry. And so that's, we teach and we preach, but this isn't where ministry happens. This is training. Ministry happens out there. You know, all of Jesus' miracles, almost all of them, were not done in the synagogue. They were done on the streets. Amen. Same with the early church. Occasionally we hear a story of someone getting healed in a meeting, but all of the miracles happened when they were out on the streets. And so you're called that when you're out on the streets, that's the outward journey. It's making an impact. And boy, our world needs the message of the gospel. Amen. It needs the message of peace. It needs the message of the cross, and it needs people. Just like Jesus was sent as a person, Jesus sends us as people. Not just to hand out a book, and it's great to hand out a book, but it comes with a person, and the person is you. Does this make sense? Because it takes someone like you to reach that person you're talking to. A person is way more powerful than a book or an idea. And you go, well, I'm not good enough. That's part of the package. Because you're reaching people that aren't good enough. And the message of the gospel is that we can never be good enough, but Jesus is good enough. <clears throat> How can I spend my personal life, my family life, my work life, every aspect to become an expression of Jesus Christ? And we're going to look at that through the rest of the year. 
um, and incorporate that in, in our, our messages. Uh, we're going to talk about some obstacles in the next few weeks. You know, but I'm an introvert. Okay, we'll, we'll help you with that or different things uh, that get in the way of the outward journey. We're going to talk about how church, just the operation of why we do what we do is part of, of, of reaching the world and understanding that. Uh, and we're going to spend a whole month talking about uh, missions and how to see the world from this perspective of, hey, this is, this is our, uh, our calling in life, our commission is to reach the world and in practical ways to walk out uh, the journey. So that's what we're going to cover over the next few months. <clears throat> if we are sent, if we are to be sent as Jesus was sent, we need to be sent completely. He didn't hold anything back. And in the same way, we can't hold anything back. And I loved how that commentator said that in order for us to be successful, it will be determined to the degree that we uh, model Jesus's character and imitate his example. And so study Jesus and then learn to live like him. Here's point number four. It is when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I always found that verse kind of odd. <laughs> I don't know if you're reading through the scripture. Uh, can you imagine Jesus just, you know, I mean, that's what he did. And I, just the disciples must have been just dumbfounded. Like, what is this Jesus guy doing now? Uh, <laughs> again, they didn't really receive it. It was really a prophetic, powerful act. Um, and it reminded us, and I believe it was an intentional uh, depiction of the Father, the Creator God, breathing life into the, the, the lifeless body of Adam. Remember that? He, in the creation, he formed Adam from the dust of the ground. And God, it says that God breathed in him the breath of life. And so that, that lifeless body came alive uh, with the breath of God in the first creation. This is really the second creation. And we are living in the new creation. We are new creatures in Christ. Okay, And so just as uh, the first Adam came to life, when God breathed life into him, we come to life in the new creation uh, when we receive the breath or the life of, of Jesus uh, infilling us. And that life is the Holy Spirit. All right? uh, the Holy Spirit actually means wind or breath. And so that breath is the breath of God. It's the Spirit of Christ. <clears throat> and so it's a very powerful, symbolic act of, of new life, new creation, uh, Jesus breathing the life of the Holy Spirit in us. And we have a, a more detailed description of what this looks like uh, a little bit later in Acts. Uh, right before he ascended, Jesus said to his disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of of the earth. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is always intended to empower our outward journey. Okay? And so we, we are, I don't know if you know this, we are a spirit-filled, a Holy Spirit. We're a charismatic church. <laughs> uh, we believe that the Holy Spirit uh, is, is uh, it's God's will to fill every person with His Holy Spirit. We come to Jesus, we accept Him as Lord and Savior, and then, you know, uh, they, the resurrection had happened, but then there was another event that had to happen in their lives. 
their lives being the followers of Christ. And we see this played out through the book of Acts. People come to salvation, they get water baptized, and then they get filled with the Holy Spirit, usually in that order. There's one time where they got filled with the Holy Spirit and then got baptized and water baptized. So normally it happens, they, salvation has to come first. There needs to be confession of faith and in in what Jesus did on the cross. And then uh, they're commanded to be baptized in water. And then we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's not optional. The gift that you're given, the expression of the Holy Spirit differs with each individual. But we need, and it's essential, as essential as it was for Adam lying on the ground after being created to receive the life breath of God, uh, so essential is it for us to receive the Spirit of God in us in order to live as new creations. And so if you, if you don't know what that means, if you're saying, well, I'm not sure I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, don't stop asking until you receive it. That's what asking you shall receive. He was talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one who gives the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and, so, and that Holy Spirit given to us, not just to make us feel better. Yeah, it makes us feel better. It gives us power over sin. It gives us faith and encourages us. gives us gifts. But it's given so that we have power to be His witnesses. And I don't know if you know this, but the Greek word for witness is marteros, which means to be martyrs. And I don't think it means just to die. That is the word that we use for someone who dies in their witness, but it means that you give your whole life. Are you hearing me? You give your whole life. Maybe it means dying, but I'm going to serve Jesus until I die because I'm a witness. I'm called to be a witness to him. Where? To the ends of the earth, to Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. So the infilling of the Holy Spirit is meant to empower us to accomplish this outward journey. We're filled up so that we can be poured out, so that we can communicate the message of Jesus to the world. The same way Jesus was sent uh, as a person to the world uh, by the Father, Jesus sends us as people, but also putting the person of the Holy Spirit in us. So that we can represent the God, uh, just as Jesus was the fullness of the Godhead dwelling bodily, we now have. Say, I have, I have. the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Who, is who is God, in me. Wow, think about that. That's amazing. Jesus said this in John 16, In fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the Advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of God's righteousness, and of judgment to come. All right, and this is, this is the Holy Spirit's job, uh, uh, job description, is to convict or convince the world of uh, sin, of righteousness, and judgment to come. It's not our job to convince or to convict. Amen. Isn't that great? You don't, don't try to talk anybody into Christianity. Don't do that. That's not evangelism. That's the Holy Spirit's job. You're to love on them. You're to, you're to express to them who Jesus is, what Jesus has done in your life. If you talk about Jesus enough, talk about truth enough, the Holy Spirit will take that and convince them that it's for them too. Our job is to simply stay full of Him. Him being the Holy Spirit. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, then we will be 
uh, uh, able to accomplish our outward journey, our mission. Uh, and we stay filled with the Holy Spirit by consistently walking out that inward journey, dealing with our stuff, and the upward journey of getting to know God better. All right, so this is the conclusion. <clears throat> Our journey consists of being filled with His peace, right? Uh, understanding the power of the cross. As the Father sent Jesus, He now sends us. That's the outward journey. As the Father. Just meditate on that over these next few months. Ask God to reveal to you what it means to be sent by Jesus in the same way that the, Jesus sent, was sent by the Father, and then receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, this is what we need, who we need, in order to accomplish what we're called to do. Can we just go to the Lord right now and just, and just ask, for, uh, ask for help in this journey? Um, Lord, <clears throat> we come to you in prayer. We thank you that you are our sufficiency, that you provide all things, and that you've given us a great commission to go to all the worlds and to preach the gospel and to make disciples. And Father, we can't do that apart from you, but you've given us you, your Holy Spirit. I pray that every person here would be filled and filled again with your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we can be sent out even as you are sent out. Uh, Father, that we'd know the full power of your cross working in us to free us from sin and to bring us that supernatural peace that you communicate. Father, let us be filled with peace and be peacemakers in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our nation, and in this generation from the ends of the earth to the ends of the earth, from every man, woman, and child. Father, we want to see this generation touched with the power of your gospel. We willingly sign up to be agents of reconciliation. In Jesus' name. And Everyone said... Amen. Listen, we have our prayer team. They're going to be up here on this side of this.